welcome to Prosecco and Prose, episode 36. This week's Prosecco is Jules Prosecco Rosé. This week's prose is A Thousand Boy Kisses by Tilly Cole. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Prosecco and Prose. I'm Amy. And I'm Wendy. We're a deep dive virtual book club. That's kind of like a quiz-free lit class you never knew you needed. So let's pop pop a cork for this week's episode of Prosecco and Prose. For those who are listening in the car... Please don't drink and drive. Save the bubbly for later. Wendy, this week's prose was such a tearjerker. It was. Our first of the season. I hope this isn't an omen for our next reads. I can't have my heart breaking for the rest of the season. Can't make any promises on that, but I think we need to have some tissue on hand just in case. And because you've read ahead. Mm, I like a book that gets me to emote. Oh, I mean, me too, but I just can't take the emotional fallout over and over. I'll have to break it up with some thrillers, get my heart racing in another way. I would think a love story would be a break from a thriller, not the other way around. Hmm, maybe for some. Rafino says I'm not enough of a romantic to appreciate romance stories. (laughs) Instead, he has to sleep with one eye open. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) He does. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen what you read, Wendy. It's even more fun when I get to give him a book synopsis. Ooh. But back to romance and love and this beautifully labeled Jules Prosecco Rosé. I love, love, can I say it again? Love. Love this label. I just... It's so pretty. The pink is perfect. The gold is perfect. The simplicity is perfect. I want a dress made out of these colors. You know, actually, I think I just bought some material in those colors. This label inspires me. I can see. I mean, I do agree with you, though. It's very, very pretty. I think it's my favorite of the whole season. Mm. This is a label that makes me want to buy the bottle. And it went so well with our book, Our Poppy's Love Story. It did. Now, there's not a whole lot on this label. It just says it's a DOC, an 11%, and it says Julian Gold Gambino in gold script on the front. That's about it. I mean, it's pretty sparse, but it's a brute, so it's on the drier end. I did find this a bit humorous on the label, right? There's a bit of a warning. I know we talked about this. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Right. Caution. Contents under pressure. (laughs) Do not shake. Chill well. Mm. Mm. Point bottle away from self and others. And Amy. <laughs> and, and, Amy Wendy. and Wendy. Then twist cork out slowly by hand. Who are these people? Never use a corkscrew. Oh my goodness. Although, have we not used a corkscrew on one once with the we cork? We had broke to. Off? <laughs> and nothing adverse happened. No. No. We were able to get the Prosecco. I almost had diarrhea, though, thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that just feels like a warning for Americans. So American. (laughs) And the owners are American born. So it just, I don't know, it just kind of stood out to me. I've never seen that on any other Prosecco bottle. You know, I haven't either. With the things that have happened of late, (laughs) it sounds like someone's covering all their bases. No Jules lawsuits here. No, none. Never. Now, I did a little digging because like I said, this one, it just intrigued me. I just love the label so much, right? So this husband and wife team, Tommaso and Julianne, Jules, which our Prosecco today is named Mm. for, launched their first Prosecco in 2015 in the U.S. I'm going to have to be on the lookout for their other Proseccos. Oh yeah, same. And they're very highly rated. Now this Jules, and this is from their description, okay, is a blend of 88% Glera grapes and 12% Pinot Noir grapes. We talked about this blend this year. The pale pink fizz is said to have a lively prologue and aromas of white flowers, apple. You like apple? I do. Strawberry and pear with a clean finish. You know, I haven't been getting much of the apple this season. I know. So I'll see if it comes out in this one. And I know you'll let us know if you do. Mm, I so will. Now I found one more thing that was interesting about this blend. And what was that? I found an article where the owners said the blend was 90% Glera and 10% of this Raboso, I'm going to say a Raboso grape, which is a grape grown in the Treviso region. Wait, I thought Prosecco Rosé could only have the Pinot Noir grapes. Same, but they said in the interview, the Rosé contains a small amount of Raboso, a red grape that gives it the blush color. 
Of course, I had to go down that rabbit hole to find out what that was. Did you mean the Robosa hole? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So what'd you find out? Well, the most interesting thing I found was that Robosa is, it's derived from this word uh, rabioso, if I'm saying that right, which means angry and could be a reference to the aggressive tannins. Mmm, tannins. Yeah, tannins are those things that give you a dry sensation in your mouth when you're drinking Mm -hmm. wine, you know, when you're like kind of puckering, right? Right. And the highest city of wines made from these grapes. Interesting. I thought you'd like that. Mm. Or, you know, the name Roboso could come from the Roboso River that runs through Veneto's eastern Treviso province. That's boring. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's red. Well, that would be cool. Right. But seeing as we are maybe, I'm going to call us literary ladies, mm. doing a season of romance. I'm going to go with a more literary and romantic reason. Though I suppose a river can be romantic, maybe with a gondola. <laughs> oh. Red or not. I think it can. Wow. <laughs> I also saw that on older versions of this bottle, it was labeled as a rosé sparkling wine. So maybe the rebosa was used in that blend. Well, I mean, Prosecco rosé is new. It is. It's newer. Yes. But, you know, who knows? I do know while you were schooling us on all things Joel's Prosecco Rosé, I went ahead and poured our glasses. Thank you. And I know you said lively perlage. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I'm not really seeing too much of that. And Wendy, I did hand wash the glasses this time. There's yeah, I know not you a do. lively perlage here. Mm-mm. I mean, there was a decent amount of mousse on the pour, but it kind of dissipated pretty quickly. There's a bit of bubbles in the glasses, but it's pretty moderate. Yeah, I wouldn't call it lively. I mean, there are some bubbles in the glass, but really not very many at all. And I know that you hand wash because you are, I stick everything in the dishwasher. Mm. But I really wouldn't call it lively from what I see. Not if you can count them. I mean, I don't think I would either. Now, thinking back to our grapes and whether it's Pinot Noir or, how'd you say it? Roboso? Roboso? I'm trying. I mean, you can really see it's an orange tint in this one. I haven't learned a Roboso in my Italian mm. language yet, so. <laughs> well, I expected you to be on that. I'm sorry. A little disappointed. Sorry. But, you know, it's kind of a very salmon-y coral color. Put it against the wall. It's yeah. very salmon-y coral. I mean, it's pretty, but definitely more orange than any of the others so far this season. Yeah, thank goodness for your white walls, right? I was going to say this year, but this season, because we usually do a couple seasons a year. (laughs) That's right. It's definitely a coral pink, and it is pretty, like you said. Like, I'm not opposed to it. I guess I was just thinking, I don't know, I I thought it might be more pink in color based on the label, which I realize doesn't make any sense. That Jules label is so delicious. I know, but it's just what I thought. Now, you know... I've kind of been trying to sniff it as we've gone along, and I'm definitely smelling some yeast. Oh, yeah. Yeast, for sure. Are you? Yeah. It makes me think of the silt bar we have. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the yeastiest one we've ever had. That is some of the best Prosecco ever. Guys, if you can get your hands on a bottle of silt silt bar, bar. it's not a Prosecco Rosé, it's just regular Prosecco. But this one smells delicious. Good. So good. But I'm really... Definitely smelling the yeast on this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. I'm intrigued. I'm going to like this one, now, I think. Now, do you smell a bit of vinegar? Um, I mean, we no. just popped it, so there's a bit of a vinegary smell to it. I'm not getting any of that. But I got to tell you, I'm also not really getting any other smell. Ooh, I'm not either. Yeah. We need just to go ahead and try it and see if it changes. Okay. Well, it is not super fizzy in the mouth. (laughs) And I have to tell you, I am not sure what I'm getting yet. You're not getting berry? I'm definitely getting some strawberry. Really? Take another swig. Mm. Or swill. Swig, swill. I guess you don't do that with Prosecco. I'm just like a wilderbilly. (laughs) I drink Prosecco very differently than most. I'm trying to bring some class. Oh, I have no class. Now, (laughs) you do actually. I think I'm tasting berries. You are. I'm not sure what. I can't pick out anything specific. It's dry, though. This one's dry. Yeah, you can tell it's a brute. Very. And I do like it. I mean, I like it when it's dry, right? 
I mean, it's kind of different. It it so reminds me of Silt Bar. Yeah. I so get the yeast when I'm swilling it. <laughs> Let me just swill for our listeners. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. I think the smell... Can I... Are you done? I think the smell reminds me of Silt Bar, but I can't say I'm getting it on the taste. Like, it's not something no. I'm getting. It's it's actually kind of clean tasting, if if you can say that. Well, they did. Hmm. So I think you can't. But yeah. I'm going to be kind of a little smart aleck, like soap. <laughs> no, Amy, not like <laughs> soap or anything. Just light. Like, I mean, so far, that's what I'm getting. It's light. I mean, tasting. it is light. You know you're drinking something, but it's kind of like you're not even drinking. It is kind of, actually. I mean, there's no alcohol going into our system. That's dangerous because we know there is. I know. I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe, but it but it's good and yeah. I like it. It's starting to sound kind of like we don't, though. <laughs> I know. I know. Guys, we do like it. We do Love like it. it. It's just, it's kind of blowing our minds because we can't pull anything specific. And I haven't eaten much today, so I oh, might fantastic. be a little thick-tongued. <laughs> Anyways, we'll keep you posted as we work through the bottle. Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful bottle. Let's check out the reels. Yeah, check it out. Let's talk about our author, Tilly Cole. Tilly Cole is an English writer. She was also a high school social studies teacher who followed her rugby playing husband around Europe for, get this, six years. Mm -hmm. She's lived in Italy. She's lived in the U.S. and Canada. We know a little bit about following husbands around, don't we? And teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Cole published her first book in 2013 and has since, this is what blew my mind, she's since written 36 books. Several of those books are series. I can't even write a journal entry a day, barely, but go ahead. I struggle with that too. I start off good, but then yeah. I'm, ugh. Yeah. She's been busy. She has been busy. And you might be interested in this. You don't know this. Because <laughs> I just discovered this. Her first book, Sweet Home, is the first in a series of five. Okay. Are you into series? Like, do you like to read series? You know, I've not been a fan because I like to move on from authors. I, I try to read as many authors as I can. Oh, gosh. So I'm not a series reader. Oh, I love series. So I'm now you've got me intrigued. Yes. Anyways, it's called the Sweet Home series. Does Sweet Home make you think of anything? Like, just off the top of your head? Sweet sure. Home? South. Anything specific? Sweet Home... Sweet home. Sweet home, Alabama. Okay. Well, oh. it's a sweet home series that takes place at the University of Alabama. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, roll tide. Yep. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yes, I am. It's a football story, <gasps> a college story, and a bit about life after college. I mean, I'm going to have to oh read it because. Oh my gosh. Duh. Well, yeah. I mean, definitely going to be looking for that series. You know, my son and my daughter-in-law are Bama grads. Hence why I brought it up. Oh Isn't my that crazy? God. Wendy! Whoop, whoop. You're going to be reading a series of five. I'm so impressed. Oh my God. We've got a huge group of Alabama fans listening to our podcast. Well, they need- So what was the name of it again? Sweet Home. Sweet home. Sweet home. Sweet home, Alabama. Tilly Cole. Exactly. <gasps> oh, my God, guys. <laughs> I know. We got to check it out, right? Now, Cole writes in the genres of romance, mm. new adult romance, young adult romance, dark romance, contemporary romance, and chiclet. So if any of that 36. appeals to you. Yeah. Duh. So if any of that appeals to you, like all you guys out there, be sure to check out our webpage for more books and info, tillycole.com. Now, this book we're discussing today was written in 2016 and is a standalone novel. Yes, it is. Not a series. But I wouldn't mind getting Rune's story as a little companion novel. Rune, one of our characters. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that I, either. I kind of tangented. You did tangent a little bit. That's all right. But we're back to our book. Right, right. We're back to A Thousand Boy Kisses. Right. I wouldn't mind that either. You never know. She did give us his point of view in the story and an epilogue. I know. Mm. But I mean, his story after, and you know I was not a fan of the epilogue. I know, I know. But I'm saying we got a peek, and that might be all we get. It might be. So let's sip. Let's swill. Let's summarize. (laughs) All right, Miss Illiterate. But it might be. That might be all we get. I'm just saying, if you are 
ever stump for ideas, Ms. Cole. There's one. Mm. Rune story. Okay, summary and... Sorry, guys. Spoilers ahead. Oh, yes. Always. Age five. Poppy and Rune meet when Rune moves next door from Norway, and Poppy declares them best friends for infinity. Age eight. Poppy's beloved grandma. Mama. Such a Southern name. Very Southern. She passes away, but before she goes, she gives Poppy a jar full of pink paper hearts. Mama tells Poppy this is her adventure to collect and record 1,000 boy kisses that are the most special. You know, the ones that make your heart almost burst. Uh The ones Poppy will want to remember when she's old. A bit of foreshadowing here. Just a bit. Can I ask you a question? Cause sure. I feel like, well, we're both northern girls, so maybe you don't know. but I Montana, like, North Dakota. Yeah. In the book, they had mama, mm-hmm. grandma, spelled M-A-M-A-W, right? Mm-hmm. And they had mama, Poppy's mom. Right. How do you, like, how do we say those two differently? Just spelled M-A-M-A and M-A-M-A-W. Still the same. Mama. Mama. But, but it's with that accent. Mama. 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 All right, anyways, back to our summary. So, you know, uh, Grandma has asked her to collect and record a thousand boy kisses. So when Poppy tells Rune, he's not nearly as excited at Mama's dying wish. Oh, he wasn't. He (laughs) was not. But then he gives Poppy her first kiss and promises to give Poppyman, his name for Poppy, Mm. her thousand kisses. Oh, so sweet. I know. Age 15, Rune and his family move back to Norway after his father must relocate for work. You do feel like your life is ripped out at at that age, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Rune and Poppy promise to keep in touch, and they do talk every day for two months. Yeah, it was two months in the book. Mm -hmm. But then Poppy just stops. No calls, no emails, no texts, nothing. She vanishes from Rune's life. Ugh. So at age 17, Rune and his family moved back to Georgia, Georgia, Mm -hmm. and they moved back next door to Poppy and her family. Same Same house. house. They kept the house. I mean, who can afford that? (laughs) Not me. Anyway, after carefully avoiding each other, Poppy can see Rune has changed and is not the boy she loved and knew when he left. Mm -hmm. Rune finally confronts her in their Blossom Grove. Cherry Blossom Grove, which Cherry, has like kind of different meaning I mean, living right, here, right? here in the yeah. D.C. area. Yeah. But he's demanding answers as to why she went silent. Right. I too. I know. I could actually picture it better having actually seen Cherry Blossoms oh, now. It was I so know. pretty. Right. It's such a different kind of pink, yeah? Mm. Okay. Poppy finally tells him she's dying and thought it would be easier for him to move on and she didn't want him to see her suffer right like he she didn't want him to have to go through what she was going right, through right right they get back together and spend nearly every minute together every minute every rune is determined to give poppy her thousand boy kisses oh, i mean it was just so you just were engulfed in this book right and if you are that age reading that book it's going to rip your soul up, but go right. ahead. But just before Poppy dies, I mean, she gives Rune his own jar, a jar full of a thousand girl kisses, mm-hmm. sending him on his own adventure to live and to love. So at age 18, a year after Poppy's death, Rune, along with the community, he releases Poppy's kisses in Chinese lanterns in their cherry blossom grove. Oh, as a young kid, I mean, would this not just be delicious? And that's where I think the story should have ended. It was just so beautiful and perfect. I mean, think about it right now when we're talking about it. It but is, it right? But it didn't. But it didn't. I, I mean, you have got to get over this, Wendy. I'm not. So, at age 28, 10 years later, we have the epilogue. Mm. I love this epilogue. I mean, Rune is dreaming of Poppy, and the dream suddenly becomes very real to him. He's died, never filling his jar of hearts, and will now be with his puppyman for infinity. (sighs) I loved it. Unexpected, but wow. Yeah. Definitely a difference of opinion there. Mm. 
but I feel a bit justified because we listened to the Boozy Book Talk podcast. Oh, so fun. Check it out, guys. A Thousand Hit or Miss Tears episode. If you like this book, (laughs) check that out. And they were not huge fans of the ending either. They felt it didn't make sense and really wanted Rune to find someone. Right. I mean, I personally loved the ending because I feel that, I mean, we will always, always, always be reunited with our loved ones after death. But, you know, I understand their position and I do understand yours as well. I just We have different views on a lot of things. Oh, we do. I thought so one of them... makes us perfect together. <laughs> it does. I thought one of them had a really funny spin on that idea. What if Rune had married and then come back with his wife and now we have some drama in the afterlife? Oh, that was <laughs> hilarious. They were know, so funny. It just kind of cracked me up. It wasn't that Rune didn't marry or find someone or anything like that. That, that did not upset me. Because I think that happens. I, I think that can easily happen. I just felt the scene in the Blossom Grove with the lanterns lifting to the night sky with all of Poppy's kisses was just, I mean, it was just such a beautiful ending. And the epilogue, I don't know, it it took it away from me. But didn't you want to know what happened to Rune? I mean, didn't you want them to finally be together forever? Infinity? I I thought I did, but after I read it, I didn't. It's not that I didn't want them to be together. I guess I just wished I didn't know. But I want to say it didn't ruin the book for me. It just didn't add to the book for me. Like, it didn't ruin it, but it didn't make the book better, you know? Okay. Okay, I can get that. But our boozy book talk ladies, let's get back to them. (laughs) Yeah. This is a podcast after our own heart. It is, for sure. (laughs) Boozy. Book talk. I mean, hello. They had a discussion that felt like a true face-to-face book club. Yes. I mean, I so enjoyed it. I really I mean, that's why we started this podcast, because of the pandemic, and we could not have Have our book club. That's what we were trying to do, right. Yeah, I really, I just really enjoyed their banter. I did too. Yes. I enjoyed their discussion about how the characters acted, and you and I, we talked about this as well, but they felt like maybe it was too much how the characters acted. Didn't really find them exactly believable. Remember them saying that? Right. right. Yeah. And I felt that way as well at first. Like, I talked to you about that, right? I mean, it was an emotional book. And these were emotional characters. And we have to remember the age and stage of the reader. Yes. That that's Tilly, what I'm... Right. Yes. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. They're also teenagers. Right. And I just think your emotions are... Really, they are over the top at that age. I mean, you cry or you're overly horny as a teenager, right? (laughs) I think crying was my thing. But I think some kids that age would really feel as strongly and as deeply as these two characters did. The ladies, um, boozy book talk ladies, they also added that it could be the age they are now reading the book. Like, they're not teenagers anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if they had read it as teenagers, some of them felt they probably would have loved it more. And I do think, I mean, I think that's certainly a fair point. And Cole was writing for that group. Yes. But, you know, she was writing for me, too. I'm half a century. I love that. Maybe we're, we're teenagers th- trapped in these middle-aged we bodies. Are, but we're a little bit late to the party. We are. We have wrinkles. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really did like the book and the Boozy Book Talks discussion. Of I did, too. Yeah. Definitely will be listening to these ladies again and again. Yes. And again. Yes. I've subscribed. (laughs) Yes. Fun group and discussion for sure. Be sure to check them out and leave them a rating or review. Exactly. Yeah. Amy will put a link to their podcast in our show notes. We'd also love for you to leave us a quick rating and a review as well. Super simple, super appreciated by us, and it takes just a minute. You can do that on Apple or on Spotify. Grazie mille. That means a thousand things. Mm -hmm, It does. Oh, I learned something today. <laughs> so tropes. We found so many in this Oh, my gosh. Book. Oh, my gosh. That's why I loved it so much. Yeah. I mean, we're going to give you our list and then talk about just a few. I, we could take an hour and talk <laughs> about could. them all. But we're just going to try to keep it to a few. <laughs> Operative word being try. But I love tropes. I just love it. I mm-hmm. love it. You mm-hmm. can say it's a bad thing, but it's not. I mean, this was... It, this was just a tropey book. It really was. So 
number one, we have coming of age. And with that, we've got small town. Mm-hmm. We've got first love. Well, of course. And uh, second chance at love, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So we've got Poppy and Rune. They were each other's first love. Mm-hmm. We can agree on that. Yep. They were childhood sweethearts. And then they get this second chance at their love when Rune moves back yeah. from Norway. Right. And I think you can throw in soulmates with that batch. Ooh, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah, yeah. Because they both talked a lot about their hearts being you know, the other's half. Yeah. They definitely believed they were soulmates. They did. And their horrible curse that conspires <laughs> to keep them apart. It's, it's sad, but it's Poppy's cancer. Mm-hmm. And I think Rune died young to seal the deal of them being soulmates. Such a perf... I mean, it's so new and twisty. Okay, oh, I can appreciate that angle. We're not going to talk about the epilogue. But anyhow... Mm. Two others I found that aren't as strong, but I think it, I think they deserve a mention, are alpha male. Okay. I mean, Rune definitely was that. And I also yes. read it's a common trope or a common theme in Cole's books and maybe a touch of forbidden love. Oh, definitely. Right? I mean, we do see a brief glimpse that her parents don't want her with Rune when he comes back and is so changed. I mean, that probably was our weakest one. Yeah, probably. I agree. But I think we can still call it. Right? Right. If we're trying to listen to mom. Oh, yeah. Now, we also have Girl Next Door. Or Boy Next Door. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, Rune was her big, strong, adventurous Viking. Oh, sweeping his hair. Oh, I want a Viking. <laughs> I mean, he was sneaking into her room at night. I mean, how did they not get caught? Come well, on. Well, I feel like... I mean, I know it's fiction, but <laughs> my mom... Oh my God, my mom! Oh, I can't Speaking even think. Speaking of moms, I I feel like somebody knew. Mom knew. I don't, one of the moms I knew. Don't, I don't agree. I think they were so sneaky. Mom's just you're a mom. Moms just know everything. Well, nobody spoke up. You know that wouldn't happen to me. I would <laughs> so speak up. My I, son, I would. Oh my God, no there'd way. There be bars on your son's window. Oh my gosh. But this wasn't your story. No. You know, I didn't barge in the room, ruining their little love cuddles. Good thing. That could have ruined the story. Gosh. Ended it is more like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, shared past was another trope we found. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Poppy and Rune have this history. And, you know, it's a wonderful history. But then Poppy vanishes. And then when Rune returns, they've got to resolve this break in their relationship. They also need to overcome the changes they've both made. Right. Rune is angry. He's bitter. He's hurt. Right. Poppy is dying, and she's trying to bring happiness and joy to herself and everyone else around her. I mean, she really wants those around her to focus on living, right? Mm -hmm. Not only while she's there, but also while she's gone. Yes. Our Poppy is not a wallower, Mm -mm, right? She is not. And that brings us to our main trope. Terminal situations, right? Right, right. Rune has fallen in love with Poppy, who is terminally ill. And Poppy, facing this life-threatening illness, must help Rune deal with the, you know, kind of with the finality of the situation. Mm-hmm. I loved how Rune did everything in his power to give Poppy the dreams she would never be able to realize. You know, she was a cellist. Right. And so... You know, tr- I play the violin. I know. I want to play the violin. Rafina played the violin. He I, did? I did not know this. Why do I not know this? And we have his violin. <gasps> so do I. Uh, I we want to learn. play s- a hoedown. That's how I met oh. Josh. So, you played a hoedown on a violin? No, 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 no. I met Josh. I mean, I'm totally tangenting. But I, that's where I met Josh is I was on a retreat. I was in this thing called the Strolling Strings. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> on a violin? No, I was with my school group. And that's where I met him at Fairmont Hot Springs in Montana. Here, so for Rufino oh, and I, we'll talk about this on a different episode. Okay, let's. But he wait. He he always wanted to learn the piano. I learned to play piano. Wanted to learn to violin. He learned violin. Wants to learn how to play the piano. Maybe that's what we'll do in retirement when we are no, off on our retirement. I'm just gonna drink prosecco. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so she, Poppy was a cellist mm. and, you know, he took her on this trip to New York. Her dream was to play in Carnegie Hall, right? And right. And he, like, reserved it. Oh, so romantic. I was sort of wondering how he was it, but anyways, the auntie was Oh, connected. he could have done it, yeah. yeah. I mean, you needed tissues for the back half of the book, oh, every other page. very sad. I, they were young. 
They were young, right? Mm. But they were a special couple. And I am not going to take that away from people who have been young and have found that person that me. Yeah. No, they were so special together. I mean, I just loved how Rune was there until the very end. And then how Poppy waited for him in the garden until his death. <gasps> you put it very romantically, but I still don't like the epilogue, Amy. But a lot of people did, so you've got to get over it. I know, and I'm happy for them. Let's put it to the pillars test. As we've mentioned in previous episodes, we are looking at each piece of prose using Oliver Fox's article, Four Pillars of Romance, from the Writer's Right blog. So pillar number one, the couple, lover and beloved. What are you doing? I'm dancing. Look like I mean, after this many episodes, I've got my Elvis thing going. I don't know that that fits. But anyways, the couple, lover and beloved, Rune and Poppy, Poppy and Rune. Right. I think at different times, they each assumed both roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It flipped back and forth since we got the story through both of their eyes. So this story, yeah, this story is told through both of them, mostly Poppy, of course. I felt like the character telling the story became the lover during their telling of it, if that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. I mean, I do think Rune is stronger as a lover. Yes. And Poppy often paints him that way. Right. Right. Um, But I can see her in the role sometimes as well. And the way Cole had them each tell the story in first person gave it such a romantic and believable feel. I loved it. Yeah, I really like that as well. Mm-hmm. I definitely prefer stories with more than one viewpoint. Yes, I do. I do too. So for Pillar 1, we know what our couple, Poppy and Rune, want. It's each other from the moment they meet. And it's not exactly hard to see you know, how they're going to get it. Their next door neighbors and Rune sneaking into her room night after night. Which Amy has a problem with because they Where's didn't get caught. the parents? <laughs> and they're best friends first. They are. They are. Wait, isn't that a trope? Like, yeah, oh. friends to lovers. I can't believe we missed that one. Oh, wow. I mean, how do we not think of that one? Maybe, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was the age of our characters. Yeah, maybe. I- it's kind of, <laughs> we totally did not even. It kind of felt like they were in love from the jump rather than friends, maybe. Even though they were small. I know. They're little. Yeah. Little. Yes, but if they're little and they, this was their story, they felt like they were in love, right? Right. I mean, maybe that's it. Okay, so finally, what do they want? What do Rune and Poppy want? I mean, this comes back to the author, Tilly Cole. She wanted the readers to believe in perfect, true love. There's someone for everyone. I see what you're saying, but... Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm going to play devil's your advocate. Your eyes are rolling back in your head. Oh, my God. I know what this means. Then devil's she's also... Advocate. Just leave me out. She's also saying there's only one someone for each of us. Yes. No. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> well, Rune never finds love again, does he? No, he doesn't. He only ever has Poppy. Right. So it could be looked at as a bit hopeless if you find your one true love when you're very young and then lose them. That's a terrible way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Josh and I, Josh and I were young loves. And my son and his bride, I mean, they've known each other since they were four years old. I know. I mean, they didn't have a chance to live next door, though. Thank goodness. <laughs> You would have been all over the windows. Oh, my goodness. But I think that's because of all of that. I mean, this story just, I mean, it just resonated with, you know, the true love they have and with me. Tilly Cole, I mean, she gave their relationship, Rune and Poppy's, a magical feel. No, I I totally get what you're saying. And I think that's beautiful. But I'm a bit more of a cynic. You can ask Rafino. My, yeah, but you guys have uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Mm. My first love did not work out, but I got a second chance with Rafino, someone totally different, right? I think my own personal story supports why I didn't like that blog, and yours supports why you do. 
That makes sense. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Right. Authors cannot and should never try to please every reader. Again, that makes sense. Jeez, Wendy. I mean, <laughs> that was a little intense. Sorry. I need a, I think I need a Prosecco report after this. <laughs> Are you getting anything new? I mean, I see your, your glass is empty. It was. I'm sorry. And I'll take a bit more as well. I have to say maybe a bit more citrus, like a, I would say a lemonade strawberry instead of a strawberry lemonade. Do you like how I did that mm. spin? Right? Heavier on the citrus than the berry. It's really refreshing and I'm definitely enjoying it. What about you? Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. I can see that. <laughs> and the vinegar smell I got in the beginning, it, it, it's gone. It's gone. It may have just been the initial scent when you open it up, you know, like with the yeast and yeah. stuff. But the yeastiness, it, it really isn't as strong either. No, it isn't. No apple in this round, but I'm I'm still getting strawberry. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bubbles on the roof of my mouth make me, I mean, I'm, I'm getting this picture of strawberry seeds. It's like tiny specks let me think how I want to say this. It's like tiny specks of strawberry seeds are popping in my mouth. And it gives me even more of a sense of strawberry. Does that make sense? I'm just going to say, wow. <laughs> You're turning this into a very visual drink. Uh, Just building the picture for everybody listening. Yes, you are. And I have to say, I think you just made me taste more strawberry. I'm a little bit of good. Okay, okay. All right, I'm going to have the rest of the Prosecco. But anyhow, pillar two, the obstacles, rivals, taboos, and loved ones. Oh, my. Okay, our first obstacle is the move. Rune's family, you know, moving back to Norway, changed him. Do you think the move changed him? Or did Poppy dropping out of his life change him? Oh, my. (laughs) Maybe both. But, you know, his anger at his father for the move festered in him. Mm. And then when Poppy disappeared, you know, that anger towards his father, it grew. Right. I mean, that's true. And it did, like, it did always come back to his dad and Mm -hmm. how if they hadn't moved, none of what followed would have happened. Like, it's it's this very cyclical thing. Right. I mean, he would have known from the start the biggest obstacle of the story, Poppy's cancer. Did you not think she was pregnant in the... Oh, I so thought she was pregnant. I thought she was pregnant. She went away. She had the baby. she gave the baby or lost the baby? Yeah, I thought she gave it up for adoption. But, you know, to go back to the cancer thing... We wouldn't have had an obstacle in the story then. I mean, it certainly would have been a very different story, though maybe not so different since they do end up back together. (laughs) They do. And we have the tension of them overcoming, uh, you know, this two-year silence, right? Right. An abandonment of Rune from Poppy. Mm -hmm. At least, I mean, he sees it as an abandonment, right? I mean, I think he does. And he's so, he's just so angry. Poppy has to work under his hard shell to find her royal. Right. Right? Which is one of her obstacles. Yes, and that and not having everyone run around and feel sorry for her, that was kind of an obstacle But for she her. didn't want that. No. I mean, now Poppy's dad, he was also an obstacle. I mean, to an extent. Oh, yeah, I agree. He was. He was not <laughs> impressed with Rune. Mm-mm. I mean... Well, let's say the rune that returned from right. Norway. And mom really wasn't either. Mm-mm. I mean, neither of them really relished Poppy spending time with him. I mean, he, her father. Yeah. I'm talking about her father. I mean, he just wanted Poppy to be safe and not get hurt. I mean, she right. was dying. Right. Um, protecting his daughter. And to be fair, rune came back looking like a bad boy. And he was also smelling like a pack of cigs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you ever been around somebody smelling yes, like a pack I of cigs? And he I did. don't mind a smoker, but when you like smoke a dope, I mean, gee whiz, come on. <laughs> he did though. You're right. He did. Now, there's no rivals that I can think of. Can you think of any rivals? Well, well, we had Flash in the Pan Avery, but I think she was just like put there to show Rune's unbreakable love for Poppy. 
I mean, to show that nothing could break that bond. Oh, yeah. She was there for all of, uh, what, uh, 30 seconds? Yeah. I didn't like her at all, even in the 30 seconds she debuted. (laughs) I didn't dislike her. I would cut her. her. Yeah, (laughs) you would. But I wouldn't say there were any taboos. Oh, no, 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 no. Nothing out of the norm other than, like, maybe a Viking, Viking dating a Georgia peach. (laughs) What is (laughs) (laughs) Nothing at all. Moving on. Pillar three, the romantic arc. Winning and losing and winning back again. Oh, we had this. So our couple met at age five and became instant best friends. I mean, I just think about my son and his bride. Oh, my God. (laughs) For infinity, they promise. Right. Right. At age eight, after Poppy's grandma passes, Mm. they start to fall in love, triggered by the jar of a thousand boy kisses and adventure, grandma exhorts Poppy to go on with her dying breath. And then Rune wants to be the only one to kiss Poppy. And so their pursuit starts there, right? They grow closer and closer over the next few oh, years. Oh, yeah, they do. Right? Falling in love. But then Rune leaves, right? He I moves mean, back to Norway. Right, he does. And then Poppy cuts off all contact and Rune loses his beloved. Absolutely crushed. Mm-hmm. He's devastated. I'm just going to say, I think that's an absolutely Awful way to leave a person. Agree. But it's part of why I like this book, because I wanted to be like, how does this play out? I really felt for Rune. I would be so angry, too. I Mm. mean, at least give a reason or say bye. I think it's best we go our separate ways. Something, anything. Like, ugh, I would not like that. Oh, I would would do that, though. (laughs) I would do that, too. But it would drive me insane if someone did it to me. I mean, it has driven me insane. I'll just say that. I mean, I don't think I could do that to someone. Oh, I mean, I, truly. I say I could. I could. But I don't think I could do that to I somebody. I am not a nice person. I try to be funny and say I could, but I don't think I could do that. I'm not a nice person. You are. You know, but I get her reasons why. I mean, they made sense to me. Yeah. But also, why not have people you love and love you yeah. close? Yeah. I mean, to help you get through. I mean, they were teenagers. Yeah. We don't always make the best decisions. (laughs) Not as teenagers. I never did. (laughs) No, we don't. My mom and dad will tell you. If we ever get to their house, Wendy. (laughs) I love them. We will. Or if you even get to meet my best friend from high school, Pam. Oh, I would have to. Oh, dear God. But Rune comes back. He learns of Poppy's diagnosis. And he wins her back. I mean, because he does have to win her back. Right. I mean, he knows that. He does. But then he loses her again, and this time it's final. But it's not. Okay, okay, she's swigging up. I mean, because they meet again after death, and then they live H-E-A, the happily ever after. I loved it! Okay, sure, I suppose. What I will say is we have a very romantic arc. And a very romantic ending. So let's move on to pillar four. We're nearing the end. The Lover's Sacrifice. I'm still on the fence about this romantic epilogue ending. Anyways. Disappointed. Well, I think we both would say Poppy sacrificed her happiness in hopes that Rune could find his happiness. Yes, but I don't think she's realized the true depth of his feelings for her. I mean, she didn't want him to watch her suffer or like feel obligated to her in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she knew her time was short and her wish was that Rune would find love. He'd find happiness with someone else and live his life. You think she really did? In the real world, yes. But book world, maybe not. I don't know. She didn't. She, I agree. She didn't want him to suffer. And I do think she did want him to find happiness. Like, that was her altruistic self. Okay? I'll say that. I mean, I think she was relieved to have him back. Hmm. Supporting her. Mm -hmm. I mean, loving her till the very end. I mean, how could she not? Oh, most definitely she did. Yeah. And Rune sacrificed... You know, he sacrificed his future of finding someone to love. I would want Josh to find love. If I died early, I'd want him to find... No. Rafino is 
No. 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 This is what makes me me. And that's what makes you, you. You are a much better giving person. Oh. Please, as you were. Love is just love. He can be happy. Ugh. He can't marry nobody. But you know, Rune, so I'm going to get back on track here (laughs) because we could probably have a very intense argument. Let's do it over margaritas later. Go ahead. Let's do. But you know, Rune never filled his jar of a thousand girl kisses. No, he didn't. I mean, he was true to Poppy until they met again in death. Oh, I wouldn't want Josh to do that. I want him because he's such a love. Uh, Oh, so... Like I said before, I'm not upset that Rune didn't find love. I think that's a perfectly natural thing. I actually believe that someone could be so in love that they won't fall in love again. And I think that's what he wanted. Like he wanted Poppy and he'd found everything he wanted in his life. So he achieved other things. And I cannot fault him for that. I can't. I just, I guess I didn't need to know it. Some of us needed to know this. I mean, and I loved how they both accepted their fate together. Together. I liked that too. I loved that too. I loved that too. I mean, she was dying and he was able to love her until the end. And I... So romantic. I loved that. I loved that. I loved Mm. that. And so I would say their goal, their love was very, very important to both of them. It was. (laughs) So was. Definitely fits all the pillars. Oh, this is just perfect. <laughs> I mean, is it not perfect how these pillars fit? If you, yes. if you know how to write a love story. I'm not writing a love story. Oh, I'm, I'm reading, not either. I'm reeling Tilly Cole. I'm reading Tilly Cole's and I think it's perfect. Go ahead. Wendy, I think it would be such a good book club book. If we had our face-to-face group we had before the pandemic, this would have been such an intense discussion. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. I agree. There is. And I know I've been knocking on the epilogue, but I really liked this one. I did. I did like it. The epilogue was the only part I didn't like. (laughs) Which, I mean, if anyone wants more on Rune... And what actually happened, Tilly Cole has a video on her Facebook page explaining it. She gives all the spoilers and stuff. So I will say, I mean, the only thing I didn't care for, and and truly, as a mom, it was the age appropriateness of like the young kisses, the sleepovers, the trips without the parents, the no curfew, even though I was a really naughty kid. I mean, as a parent... (laughs) A naughty I, kid I, translates I know, into not I know, a naughty parent. But. but this did seem weird to me. But as a young person, I would have loved it. Of course. Of course. You're right. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not a parent, but I do feel like you have a really bad... But you're a teacher of young young I, folks. Yes. But remember, we're not exactly her target audience with this one. True. True. Right? But it's such a good read. Mm-hmm. It's a good tearjerker. And I so recommend it. But this Prosecco, Jules, how is it that we match these up so perfectly before even knowing what happens in the book? Because we we matched this one up early, even before the season started. I mean, that's kind of our special skill. That's our superpower. Mm, We have like a sixth sense. (laughs) Prosecco sense. I would recommend this book as well. Uh, just not to my niece. She doesn't like sad books. I'm not allowed. The to- Italian niece. Yes. I'm not allowed to recommend sad books. But this Prosecco, too. I I'd recommend this just based on the label. Oh, my gosh, guys. You got to go find it and give it as a present. Drink it. A present to yourself. A present to somebody else. I know I've said With it. With chocolate. A- Spicy chocolate. Yeah. I know I've said it a bunch of times already, but it's so pretty. This is so pretty. This is the prettiest label I've ever seen. Well, and the Prosecco isn't bad either. Not at all. It's really simple. It's nice. I get the clean finish they talked about. I never did get much of anything else from it, but it's easy to drink. It's refreshing. It's not too bubbly. No burping. Right. Yeah, I have been burpy. I know. I can see sipping this again, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really good. I like it. I mean, this is quality, Wendy. This is quality you're tasting. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing, Amy. <laughs> 
I think it would be nice with a couple raspberries in the glass. Ooh. Right? I know it's like strawberry and you taste the strawberry and I did too, kind of, but I just feel like raspberries might be. But maybe sushi with some wasabi or a shrimp cocktail. It needs something with some spice. That makes me think of like the Costco jalapeno dip. (laughs) Jalapeno, yeah. Yeah. I mean, something like with a bite. Yeah. Oh, but I love that stuff, right? Oh, so good. We need so to good. get them to stock that here. You go in and recommend. I'll go in and like. I already us. have. <sighs> they look at me like they've got like four sets of glasses on. <laughs> like they don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, it was so good with the spicy dark chocolate mm. and then the sea salt dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is just so good with any of these Prosecco rosés. They are. I mean, that's. Pretty much all we've eaten this season, rosé and dark chocolate. I know my jeans are getting a little tight <laughs> with all this chocolate. I mean, it's like the breakfast of bibliophiles. Fuels are madness, right? Rating? Ooh, it does. <laughs> but I'm going to go high. I'm agreeing with and also giving this a four point, get this, three. Wow. Because it's very elegant tasting. A sophisticated, sorry sipper. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to give it a 3.9. Boo. <laughs> hey, while it's very good, it's lacking a bit in flavor for me. So really, you're going to really boo me on this. A 3.6 slash 7. Loser. (laughs) But I like the label so much I bumped it up a bit. Wendy, come on. I mean, it just is so good. Mm. I love something that just gives that pop, 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 pop in your mouth Mm. and just doesn't taste. I mean, it's like I'm wearing a black dress. Mm. Walking through the petals in D.C. Mm. Whatever. I mean, you're just a tough cookie to impress. I've realized this after two years of (laughs) podcasting with you. Maybe I just know what I like. And so far, it's Bosch, you know, Prosecco Rosé. And did I say that right? (laughs) You did. Oh, my God. And it is. But this one has a prettier label. It does. How can I get that Prosecco in this bottle? Although there was tons of information on that label. But how can I get this, that Prosecco in this bottle? I'm just going to leave that to you to figure out. But for all of you, we'll see you back in two weeks to discuss O. Henry's short story, The Count and the Wedding Guest, paired with Clara C. Prosecco Rosé. Cheers! Thanks again for joining us for an episode of Prosecco and Prose. To view the complete show notes for today's episode, visit www.proseccoandprose.com and follow the link to Buzzsprout. Please follow or subscribe. It's free wherever you listen, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. You can even show your support by rating and leaving us a review, which helps other lit lovers discover our show. Feel free to connect with us on our website or any of our social media. I'm Wendy. And I'm Amy, signing off as our bottle of bubbly is now empty. See you for the next episode, and in the meantime, pop a cork and read. read.